As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays as we do every week, twice a week for the Athletics. So, off the top, of course, I'm going to remind you to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to remind you to subscribe to the Athletic wherever you get your websites. Most specifically, go to theathletic.com/slash spin rate. Subscribe. That way, you can read everything everybody writes about baseball, but namely, you can read what. The co-host of Spin Rate covers the Blue Jays for the Athletic. Caitlin McGrath writes. Caitlin, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Second time seeing you this week, so that means it's been a good week. That is right. It is the second time. Usually, we, as I mentioned, we do two episodes a week. Usually, one with Caitlin and one with former Blue Jays All Star Ricky Romero. Ricky is in Toronto doing some stuff, so we had him earlier in the week. Now we got Keegan. And then, sorry, now we have Caitlin. And of course we do, in fact. It was not just a Freudian slip. (laughs) We are blessed to be joined today. Covers of Blue Jays for MLB.com, Keegan Matheson. Keegan, how are you? I'm wonderful. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. He is wonderful. He seems happy to be here. Fresh off of an airplane from beautiful downtown Kansas City, Missouri. We had been talking about doing this talking teens, talking Blue Jays, and where, what the future of this club looks like, as well as the present, before Keegan comes through with the big news break this week that Gabriel Mourinho has joined the Toronto Blue Jays in Detroit, in the big leagues. How good is that? So that's good for him, good for us, good for everybody. A little bit of serendipity here. But uh, yeah, let's start right there. Gabriel Mourinho, whose name I may or may not be pronouncing correctly, Joining the Blue Jays in the big leagues with Danny Jansen's injury. Uh, this is an exciting time to be a Blue Jays fan. A good team looking to get better. Do we think, I guess, so the question is, I guess, is he going to make the Blue Jays better by playing often enough or playing at all? Uh, the Blue Jays catching situation is enviable as it, is, as it stands. So, but they, they are definitely looking to get Mourinho up to the big leagues. Do you think, Keegan, that we're going to see him quite a bit in the next coming weeks? Yeah, you have to see him a bit. It's a bit of a high bar with Alejandro Kirk. Um, depending on what Danny Jansen does coming back from his hand injury, that's a metacarpal break, which 
I've learned is below the finger on the hand, uh, which is very exciting. But um, at this point, he's being called up to be part of the solution. You know, if this was a crappy team, sure, you bring him up. You don't care if he hits 150, whatever. Um, but Moreno is being called up to be part of winning and part of what they're trying to do. So I think he'll have his opportunities. Um, it can go one of two ways. Either he sticks and there's a catcher log jam and everybody's happy with a good problem. Or number two, maybe he gets his feet wet and is humbled a bit. Maybe Danny Jansen comes back and Moreno dips back down for a while. We'll see. Um, as a catcher, it can be difficult. You know, we've seen that with uh, Joey Bart recently in San Francisco, another former top prospect who was up and then bounced back down. But Moreno is ready and has earned it. You know, hitting 324 in AAA, uh, that's good enough. It'll work. And I think he'll have legitimate opportunities. I, I'd assume at first they would line him up with a starter or maybe two starters. Uh, I don't know who that would be. Um, probably not Kikuchi just for his own sanity at this point. But whether it's Gosman or maybe Manoa is a good one to line him up with. But getting him one or two games out of that rotation each time through and see where it goes. But he has to be part of winning right away. There's still development to happen, of course, just like Alejandro Kirk, but it's not entirely dissimilar to Kirk when he came up in 2020. You know, he, he's part of the answer way earlier than a lot of people thought, but has to be. Okay. I've actually, um, I'm going to jump in drew. I've been thinking about this this morning because obviously there's a few things that I've been thinking about. One is that this is a completely different like vibe or call up than it was when you had Vlad calling up. I mean, Vlad was like his own category altogether. There's not many guys that had the hype that he had. Um, it's not going to be that. Um, and it's a different vibe um, from like Bo as well, because again, like different kind of prospects. Um, but also the situation with the team was like, as Keegan said, like it, that was a crappy team. It didn't really matter. Like they were going to get called up and they were going to stick around. And this was like, they're just their time to be in the majors. Um, and th the team results didn't matter necessarily. They didn't have to be really part of like a solution or anything. They were just looking ahead to the future. But, you know, also knowing that like the Blue Jays are pretty like systematic and like thoughtful when they call a guy up and like maybe Moreno isn't exactly like Vlad tier prospects. As I say, like that's its own category, but I feel like the Jays, don't call up prospects a lot just to send them down again. So I'm actually really curious to think like to see what his opportunity is going to be like to the point where I almost lean like unless he's completely, totally overmatched and like it's not a good scene. Like I think they'll give him a, a long runway and to the point where like I think when Danny Jansen comes back, they might just go with three catchers because I'm trying to like do the sort of like roster moves in my head, you know, like the whiteboard and all the strings and trying to put it all together. And it's like at that point, maybe they have to reduce down to 13 pitchers anyway because MLB keeps claiming that that's going to be a rule that's going to happen, even though it hasn't been enforced yet. But in theory, by the end of June, you're going to have to have a pitching staff of 13s, in which case the Blue Jays are going to need to use that roster spot on a position player versus a, a, a pitcher. So then you're looking for a guy to fill that extra roster spot. Now, like the question is, would you rather have a guy on the end of your bench that you don't care if he's sitting there all the time or you just want a really talented guy like Moreno? And I, I think they would lean towards that. So like, unless he's completely overmatched, I don't, I don't really see a scenario where the Blue Jays were like sending him down and bringing up like Vinny Capra, no offense to Vinny Capra, but like, because they just want another guy on their bench because they don't want to have three catchers. It's like, I mean, maybe 
That's that's kind of what I've been thinking. Like, so I don't know. I don't know that the Blue Jays would have made this decision just to have Moreno out for two weeks. Like, I think he, he's here for the long haul, and he's only going down if things go really awry. Because I think to send, unless they've told him like this is a short stint, but again, like I don't get, I don't get the sense of why they would do that. I feel like if he's he's here, he's here. I think that. The situation, uh, I, I agree with where Keegan came from from this, in that the, this is a win now team, and and we've talked about this, and you see some folks chatting about like, oh, this is like a they're going to trade Kirk or they want to trade, you know, they could trade Jansen, and and my point is that there's no way they're going to trade from this a position of strength in a, in a year in a time when they're trying to win, right? Like the the opportunity to bolster right field should not and will not come at the expense of. The, the catching position because they are in such a position of strength there. So I think that, that again, this is a, this is going to be a time where performance dictates what happens next because they are trying to win. And if Zach Collins is, you know, feel, if they feel like in two or three weeks that we're a better team with Zach Collins kind of catching a couple of days a week or, and, and coming and, and DHing and hitting left handed. Well, then we're all doomed. Then that is truly <laughs> a dire, dire state of affairs. But, but truth be told, yeah, I think that I think so from that perspective, I, my, my view is I don't, I won't view a demotion down the road. If, if Mourinho was sent back to AAA, I'm not going to view it as like a failure or a, a statement of failure as much as, like the team is in win now mode and they, there isn't that much runway to kind of get him up to speed in the big leagues right now because they're trying to win. Am I crazy? Keegan, am I out, am I out to lunch? No, it's such a unique position too. On, on most rosters in major league baseball, the backup is a glove first ish guy with a 500 OPS. who you don't care about, frankly, uh, catching across major league baseball is not deep enough right now. There's not really enough talent uh, on rosters, I always compare it to quarterbacks in the NFL. There's just really not enough. And this is the equivalent of the Blue Jays having three franchise quarterbacks, really, at, at this point. And it's tough. You know, you, you could roll out three catchers. You could use the DH spot. But Kirk has looked good catching. Um, Jansen, of course, can do it all. And Moreno, you want there. So it's it's a decision between whether you can continue developing him in the major leagues. And a lot of that can take place outside of games. Um is it more beneficial for him to be facing Garrett Cole than facing, you know, your classic triple a slop lefty who's going to throw him a bunch of curve balls that he's probably not going to see in the major leagues. Um, a lot of this is about trusting the person too. If a team is calling up a prospect who they think is good, but no, is an idiot. It's harder to trust that guy. But I think everything that we hear about Moreno is extremely positive in that sense. Um, in terms of character, personality, everything there. And I think that is more important in this situation than in most catching situations because he's dealing with two catchers who are playing like all-stars this year and dealing with a situation where there could be three of them at one time. So coming in as a top prospect, I think that's a, another level of rarity here. This is a, a team with World Series aspirations who's graduating the number four prospect in all of baseball. It's not supposed to happen like that. It's uh, supposed to be the Orioles mm. and Adley Rutschman. That's how <laughs> baseball works. You know, a bad team gets the top prospect up. That's who the Jays were in, in 2019. And it's a much different world, but very unique what he's walking into. So I think this is about the person uh, quite a bit as well. But, um, you know, given that everything you hear about Moreno is very positive in that sense, um, you know, why not? You know, there's room. And I, I agree with you, Drew, what you said too. It's um, 
generally speaking, we've all played too many video games, and too much fantasy baseball crap. And, you know, you, you have two good guys at one position, trade one to get a perfect guy at another position. It's, it, it's never that easy. And frankly, the boring answer is that it works itself out nine times out of 10. Someone else will get hurt. Someone will go cold. Um, just like this worked itself out here. You know, you don't want to see Jansen go down, but the answer was always going to be something boring like this. It, it was never going to be Moreno going on a super streak and forcing a trade or something. It's, it's always a guy pulling a hamstring and opening a door. And it's, uh, it's how it tends to work, which is not the most glowing narrative, but here we are. But, it, but and but Caitlin, I'll, I'll let you jump in, in in a second. The one thing I'm thinking about is, you know, who, which is, the, you, know, you said you, this is the Orioles bringing, uh, you know, giving Adley Rutschman the softest landing possible on a terrible team. The Blue Jays did something similar. This is a lot more like what you see the team, the Blue Jays, want to emulate and should want to emulate the most. And that this is what the Dodgers do. The Dodgers bring Will Smith up and they're like, here's your job. We're trying to win baseball games because we're the Dodgers and we win the division every year now. So I think that's a better, uh, a better frame other than the fact that like the Dodgers guys, they, they manufacture these guys out of thin fucking air and they just like bring these guys up and they're just spraying line drives out of nowhere. You've never, his name is Will Smith. He couldn't be any more like nondescript. And it's like, oh no, he's you know, one of the three best catchers in, in, in all of the big leagues. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If I'm if I'm a Blue Jays fan and I'm not you know attuned to the minor leagues and I haven't been uh, monitoring the progress of, of of Gabby Mourinho, what can you tell us about him as a player? What sort of his profile? You know who who what's he what's he gonna uh, what's his calling card and what can we expect to see of him when he's doing the things that we would expect him to do at the big league level? Yeah, well, if you are a Jays fan who's not following the minor leagues on top of nightly baseball, it's congratulations on your mental health. That's probably <laughs> going in the positive direction. Um, Moreno is a very modern catcher. Um, I, I hate player comparables, but it's that you know this is not your classic big guy behind the plate catcher. You know, extremely athletic, was an infielder when he was signed uh, out of Venezuela by the Blue Jays, and you can still see that. You know, kind of he's throwing out fifty-four percent of his runners this year down in AAA. Um, very natural, and, and natural is a vague and stupid word, but what I mean by that is kind of how we talk about Bo Bichette, where he can make weird throws from weird angles because he's gifted with athleticism. And you see Gabriel Moreno doing that both at the plate, uh, but certainly defensively, which has allowed him to develop very quickly, despite not growing up uh, as a catcher. Now, he's not going to be a 30 homer guy, probably, which we will go back and clip this out when he when he is someday. So I can <laughs> look smart, but he is you know, maybe he'll be that 15, 20 guy line drives, whatever it is. 
but high average, like he has in AAA, 324, high on base percentage, and everything about him, you know, going into more comps, it's it's a little bit of the Alejandro Kirk approach, you know, not as you know, advanced and mature and calm as Kirk, because few people are, but in a way that should allow him to go well into the majors. For example, if you put a Relvis Martinez in the majors right now, he'd probably hit a couple of cool home runs, but he would strike out a billion times <laughs> and you would forget the home runs. Whereas Moreno had, will have the ability to come in and look normal. And that sounds surface level, but I think it's a real compliment to him and his maturity. So definitely a modern catcher for the modern game. You know, it, it, you've, you've seen the catching position change. And I think in Toronto that started with Russell Martin, you know, a, a guy who was a very modern catcher and kind of ahead of his time stylistically as a catcher, a guy who was athletic and could play different positions, you know, with Moreno, will he have the odd game at third base down the road? We'll see. But um, really an all around talent, I, I think. And that's, what's so rare and, frankly silly at this point that the Blue Jays have three catchers who are all around guys. You know, it's not like they have a bat guy and a glove guy and a middle of the road, something they're all around catchers and it's a real embarrassment of, uh, of riches. But uh, after God, how many years has it been since maybe going all the way back to Pat borders, although the catchers of the future that have gone through, it was Aaron Sibia for a while. There was drafting Max Pentecost back in, 2011, 12, when that was Guillermo Quiroz back in the day. There's a lot of names that were supposed to be the guy. Interesting and karma coming about. Yeah, it's it's weird, and and you, you the more you are talking, the more I keep thinking back to a guy like Will Smith. And I was even thinking about uh, there was some talk about Dalton Varsho, who's the catcher for the for Arizona, who plays many people say the field. more I talk, the more they think of Will Smith. Yeah, you know, the, uh, never have I felt more liable to get jiggy with it, nor or maybe slap someone. Um, uh, but Dalton Varsho plays center field and and catcher, right? And that's really a rare thing as well. And I think that, and it's got me thinking. You know, aside from the kind of modern, you know, they put these really athletic athletes back there. Um, we should consider catchers like a, a guy that can play center field and catch is more similar to Shohei Otani than. A multi-positional infielder, if you ask, if you yeah. ask me, who is looking to make the position of catcher seem that much more significant as someone who's in his forties and catches men's league and needs to feel like I climb a mountain every day. But also, you just like to shoehorn Shohei Otani into every conversation. Oh, all the pieces fit, right? This is this is like the quintessential <laughs> episode of Spin Rate at this point. But exactly. So, Caitlin, you know. What so you your your thoughts are? You think he's up to stay, and and you think that the Blue Jays are still the Blue Jays, no matter the situation here in 2022, where they have a really uniquely talented player who they, you know, their temperature check on him suggests like he's he's going to be able to hear it and and compete and and uh, compete and to stay. Well, I mean, I would, I will admit I'm wrong if he gets sent down after two weeks. And I see, I am open to both scenarios. I can see a scenario where they decide that it is better for him to play every day and to um, get more reps in AAA um, rather than play every other day or DH a lot. Like, I, you know, I can understand that scenario. I guess I'm just thinking of the mind and maybe it's just because I'm 
thinking of prior top prospects coming up and just being around. Um, but I think the Blue Jays don't like to do a ton of yo-yoing with a top prospect, right? And I think that a lot of times they talk about um, when you get to the major leagues, like the development doesn't stop. And in fact, it has to occur it, and it can only occur in the major leagues. Like Vlad had to learn how to fail to some extent in the major leagues to become the player that he was last year. Like he had because he had conquered AAA. Like, it wouldn't have served him much purpose to go up and down in AAA. Like, he didn't need to uh, clear his mind necessarily. He just had to learn, like, the routines, what you need to do to be a major leaguer and all this kind of stuff. And a lot more goes into that catching side as well. And I think, like, um, maybe Keegan alluded this alluded to this too, is, like, I think actually being around, like, Kirk and Danny Jansen um, is probably the next step of development for Moreno. Like, I think that he'll learn a lot from just being around them. And so I think, yeah, there could be a roster crunch. And I think there's a scenario where maybe he does get sent down. But I think, like, there's also a scenario where it maybe is just best to have him around um, and have him continue to develop. And kind of what you said, Drew, in the sense that, like, at least he's coming up and he doesn't have to be the guy that carries his lineup. He's not the, he's not the franchise savior. Like there's a lot of guys. This is a star studded lineup. You have Vlad, George Springer, Bo Bichette up and down the lineup and Alejandro Kirk, who's apparently like an all-star now. Um, you know, like you have a ton of guys that have been, and they're, they're hitting really well right now too. And so he can just come in and do his own thing. Like he doesn't have to carry the lineup. I'm sure he'll hit pretty low in the lineup. There's not going to be as much pressure there for him. Um, and sometimes that can help. Like, you know, he doesn't need to be anything more than he is. Like Keegan said, he knows how to put the bat on the ball. That's what he's done at every single level. And, um, he's obviously proven he can do it at AAA. And so if he can continue to just do that, um, you know, I think he has a really good chance to be an impact player and make this team better right away. That's a great a great way to think about it, and it's a great kind of position for the Blue Jays to be in, where they they can do that again. And and I, I watched the Blue Jays play the Royals, who the Blue Jays had lost to in the 2015 ALCS, as we all know. And the Royals have not had a winning season since. Now I'm sure a lot of Blue Jays fans would um, trade the World Series for you know another seven years of me- mediocrity to worse, but. I think that that this, the the ascent of Mourinho and and I think some of the things you read about him about how he had to he had to miss these these years as a, as a younger person because of the situations, um you know in Venezuela where he, or he wasn't able to play like that that they're able to 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 marry the right people with the right attitudes and the right uh, approach it seems like a a pretty good in, um, indication of like the things that this team does or this organization does well and Kirk again like. Uh, if ever there was a diamond in the rough, it's it's him, right? So, but I, I, let's let's move on a little bit from Gabby Moreno and think Keegan about uh, and and Caitlin, you wrote about this recently as well too about the down on the farm sort of look. So, with if Moreno graduates, who's the, is there somebody else that we can maybe expect to see at all here in twenty two as like a as like a not impact player, but somebody who could make a difference coming up from the minor leagues to the big leagues. Or is it? Is it? Are we starting to going to see some real distance between guys that they have in the system and and guys who can make an impact at the big league level? Yeah, I feel like it was kind of Moreno heavy. You know, mm-hmm. so much of the pitching is far off at, at this point. A lot of their top pitching prospects are in that younger kind of nineteen twenty range, or even more eighteen years old. Uh, a lot of the young arms they have coming up. But I think if you go through some of the positional talent. 
Uh, Aurelius Martinez, it's not entirely out of the question. Jordan Groshen's not entirely out of the question, but it's a matter of position uh, and in both cases, whether the performance is there. You know, they would really have to be kicking the door down. Um, those are options. You know, those guys will be the number one, number two once Moreno graduates. But beyond that, I think in the top 10, Otto Lopez would have been an option. He, he very briefly for like two minutes made a debut <laughs> last year, but he has not been good this year, uh, which is unfortunate because he can play 20 different positions. He would be a really natural fit on this roster. But looking down, I think you're hitting a point right now where compared relatively to maybe two years ago, one, two years ago, uh, there's a bit of an age gap now. I think there will be another wave coming in a year, year and a half, two years. Um, but frankly, that's okay. You know, this is not a team that needs a lot of prospect influx. Uh, frankly, Moreno is a luxury. It's, it's Moreno is buying a third car. He's buying a second cottage. It's, it's a great, <laughs> but, you know, not that you don't need him. You, you know, the Blue Jays will take it and they need it, but it, it's not something that they were begging and waiting on to save the team. So I think there's a bit of a gap. Uh, pitching especially. You know, lower down, there could be some relief options coming, like Adrian Hernandez from AAA, for example. But a lot of younger guys now, very encouraging like young talent, very, very good talent that I think the Blue Jays are doing a good job with, but a bit of a gap. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the only scenario – that would prompt another sort of like major uh, debut would be like some sort of significant injury. Cause also at this point you're talking about adding a guy to before the 40 man roster. Cause at least Moreno was already on the 40 man. So the transit, like that's the first, that's basically the first step to knowing you're going to get called up is that when you get put on the 40 man. Um, and so you kind of knew that was coming, but like a guy like Jordan Groshans, like he's not on the 40 man yet. So to get him to the majors, you would sort of need a, a sort of significant hole. And then you're, you're bringing him up and you're putting him on the 40 man and like starting that clock. Um, but I was going to say like Adrian Hernandez is a guy like Maybe you give them a cup of coffee at the end of the year, especially if the Blue Jays are kind of cruising at the end. They need a relief arm. You want to see what he can do. Uh, I'm not sure what his like rule five eligibility is coming up, but if he needs to get on the 40 man roster relatively soon anyway, then it could be a, a thing. And I've heard a lot about his change up and you sort of wonder like a reliever with a best pitch that's a change up, but they've seen it play at every single level. Um, and so I think the only question is, is it going to play at the major league? So um, he's a kind of a name that I'd be like, Oh, okay. Like that'd be cool to see at the end of the year. But it, I think it's more so a scenario of like giving him a chance at the end of the year, uh, because if they're asking him to be their bullpen savior, they're probably not in a good place. <laughs> uh, I think the third time's the charm, right? You've got a third change up heavy guy to the bullpen this time. It'll work <laughs> and work consistently. Uh, but I think that, that, that Hernandez is a good example, right? Like that's a good um, uh, guy who isn't necessarily the top prospect, like, like we've talked about, he's not a Elvis Martinez who who has the ceiling of like a four year fifty, you know, FVP guy. But um, but he he's a guy that could make a difference. He's a guy that could have have and find a role. I mean, you know, the history is is lousy with relievers who sort of came out of nowhere to to take a big step forward in September and become in October and become like a big piece of. Uh, of a team's present and its future. Um, the, we did. Oh, oh, I guess. Yeah. The pitching, as you said, we talked about uh, Ricky Tiedemann and, and, and uh, oh man, I'm not going to pronounce his name. Right. You also, uh, Zulu, Zuleta. Did I, and that's not close. Is it? Zulu. They call him. Hmm. Yasver Zuluetta. Yasver Zuluetta. Oh, that's good. Okay. I a got lot that. Of, a lot of people call him Zulu. You can just shorten it. 
I would like to try to get his name right even once, just for me and for him. But but again, that's that's sort of like you know the Blue Jays have. I feel like the Blue Jays in a lot of ways have have avoided the kind of having the you know big gaps in like the next wave. But they're in a situation now where all the all the the, the food is on the table, so to speak. But uh, I don't think we would ever preclude the Blue Jays from making a move in Ju- in in July. Do you think I don't know Keegan or, or Caitlin? Do you think that's a likelihood at this point? Are they likely to be a team going to make a that with a making a significant move do you think at the at the at the trade deadline or is it maybe adding in and around the margins I don't know it, it, when you're looking top of the market um, maybe in the pitching front we'll, we'll see how Hunjin Ryu is doing I guess it was today is Thursday interesting mm-hmm. okay um, so today he's having his uh, follow-up with dr. Ella trash on his forearm and elbow um, nothing about that sounds good uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, Usei Kikuchi, nothing about that has been good. We'll see where that goes. And Ross Stripling has been fantastic recently. A real valuable luxury for the Blue Jays to have, but we'll see how that goes over two, three months if they need that. So maybe there's a big starter uh, that the team goes after. Maybe there's a back-end reliever or a lefty bat, something like that. But there's so much talent on this roster already. Mm -hmm. Going into the last couple of years, by no means am I saying they're good enough and it's fine not at all but you'll be you know you'll always be bidding against teams that are more at the b level trying to make it to the a level whereas the blue jays i think frankly are an a level team right now so it'll be crowded you know looking ahead to a couple of months i think even more fringe moves like we saw last year i'm trying to remember date wise but i think adam simber was late june and trevor richards that trade was early july like july 6th or 7th yeah that was and uh, that was it yeah, those those made a lot of sense. Um, I mean, the Simber trade especially was just stupid good. But ways to fix small issues that are real issues uh, ahead of time. Now, if you're adding another starter or if you're adding a lefty bat, you're building upon a strength, which is still fantastic. But I think the Blue Jays have shown an adeptness to jumping out ahead of the market in mm-hmm. some of these middle or low-range moves. And... You know, we've seen some great high-range moves from the Blue Jays, going to Springer, Gosman, a lot of others, Barrios. Those are blockbuster moves. But before we entered this current era of Blue Jays baseball, I think this front office has always been really good at that bottom of the market, middle tier, kind of finding the Simbers and Richards for a while before uh, whatever's happening this week, but uh, really improving from the lower end. And that's pretty valuable. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is me mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Caitlin, well, the one thing I would say was there was uh-huh. such urgency last year to make those bullpen moves that they were that they were able to hop out and, and really, you know, hop on and jump on those two kind of those two guys in particular uh, to, to make those additions. But uh, I don't know, Caitlin, I don't sense that there's that kind of urgency right now, not that there isn't an opportunity and room to get better. Yeah, two things. One, I just want to say I just checked, and Adrian Hernandez will be eligible for the Rule 5 draft this winter. So it could make sense to put him on the 40 if you wanted to at the end of this year and give him a chance if the opportunity was there. Um, And I would sort of echo um, a lot of what Keegan said, like, um, I think that if I was like to rank like needs at the deadline, I would put um, some relief help pretty far at the top. And then I would sort of l- put in the middle, maybe a left handed bat. And then like towards the end, or maybe like, as at, like off to the side or something is would be a starting pitcher because I guess you want to give Ross Stripling a chance. Um, am I saying that they are, you know, going to not explore their pitching market? Of course, um, they're going to explore a starting pitching market. But, I mean, like Keegan said, like, Ross Stripling has done really well. Um, I think uh, – and I will, like, die on this hill, I guess, this year, is that I still think you have a chance to use Nate Pearson really creatively this year. Um, he had a good outing, I believe, on Wednesday night, um, two scoreless innings with Buffalo. I think he had three strikeouts and a walk. Um, so, he, you know, that's a good sign from him. So I still think you have some options there where you don't need to be, like, necessarily, like, desperate on the starting pitching market assuming nothing else happens and Ryu is just the only injury um you're not going to do something like you did last year with Jose Brios like you don't need to shop at the upper tier mm-hmm. of that market you can aim lower like something someone like Martin Perez right now with like the Texas Rangers like he's pitching really well I'm not sure that they would want to part with him because they might with the extra wild card spots this year a lot more teams might that are kind of on the cusp of it might want not want to trade away some guys i i don't know where you'd put texas in that category i know where i know how you think about texas but uh i'm just saying <laughs> yeah i'm just saying i'm not sure that they're gonna part with him um but there's gonna be some starting pitching options zach granke i don't know but um i think he's injured right now yes. but uh yeah but then on the relief market there's that's i do think where the blue jays front office excels like keegan said they are good at identifying guys um even guys that like aren't on the trade radar like i don't think any Anyone was thinking about Adam Simber last year because he had a lot of um, uh, team control left. Mm. And so that's something that they've done well. But I think they can also go out and target guys that, um, you know, are on ex- uh, are not expiring contracts. That's free agents to be. free, Yeah, free agents to be. Um, I was looking up some names yesterday, actually. Um, I, I, one name is, oh, what do you, what's your idea? I got one. What's, what was your, what's your name? I, Cause I know you'll, you'll, you end up doing quite a bit of this kind of like content coming okay. into the trade deadline. So who, who's your, the one that you, that you uh, are hung up on? Or- well, one name that has stood out to me, which would be funny. Um, David Robertson. Is that the name you had? No, that's not the name that I had. So he's doing really well this year. 
for the cubes, right? He, he yeah. plays for. So the one thing I was going to say, oh, I, you know, the the Rangers and the trade deadlines are so funny because I was trying to think of the name of the guy that the start of the Rangers had that had a good good start to the season last year, and then they moved him at the deadline. And then I Gibson? was like, well, Kyle Gibson, yeah, Kyle Gibson. Then I was like, well, what became of him? And he's where what's Phillies. he doing right now? And I'm like, I can't, I could not tell you offhand. He's with the, the other Phillies. Thing I was, was going to think about. So the name that I have in my head is Andrew Benintendi. I think that Andrew oh. Benintendi, and there was some yeah. talk about a guy like Josh Stalman, who's in the Royals bullpen, who's kind of underperforming, but his stuff is ridiculous. He needs a little bit of bush mania kind of rubbed up along on him, and he'll be good to go. But the thing I keep coming back to when it comes to a hitter, and, and where I sort of agree that the Blue Jays are unlikely to make a big-ish move, is because you ever get that situation where, like, say you save a bunch of money or you get, like, a gift or you have, like, just have, like, come into, like, a small amount of money and in your head you end up spending it, like, four different times? Like, oh, well, like, we'll go for dinner tonight because I saved money on that. And, oh, I'm going to go do this because I, cause I got that, I got that money. And, like, you spent it four times. I feel like that's what, that's kind of what's happening with the DH spot. Right. Where it's like, okay, well, they got three catchers. So someone, one of them can DH a little bit and they've got all these outfielders and one of them, and then one of them can DH a little bit. And then God, George Springer, they got to keep him healthy. Like he can DH a little bit. Like I feel like I can't help but feel like that, that position is being overpromised and overcommitted to it in, in a way that, that I would be, it'd be interesting to see how they could add another player like an Andrew Benintendi, a guy who is having a good season, who's kind of changed his profile a little bit, keeping the ball in the ballpark, but, but, performing well athletic young left-handed free agent to be you know uh, there's a lot to like there in terms of what he can bring to the blue jays but it's like where does he fit and like who's playing time does he come come uh, comes at his expense and that's that sort of gets back to what keegan said which is like this is an a-level team and unless you're making a significant upgrade you're just kind of cheating yourself around the margins and moving you know what do you say? Like paying Peter to boring, boring from Peter to pay Paul. I don't know. But like, <laughs> there's just, there's just not as much opportunity to kind of fit in a good, a good, but not great player in some ways on the, on the Blue Jays current roster. Also, maybe Rymel Tapia was the left-handed power hitter you needed all along. He was hiding on your roster. Apparently he hit a little, well, how far <laughs> was that home run yesterday? Like Keegan? 445 feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was strange. That was the full experience he homered he might have had another hit then he botched a couple of plays um just like completely botched a couple of plays um <laughs> and frankly i mean i don't care who wins i go to see chaos and you know enjoy myself so i loved it but uh it, it was a, a real experience the rhyme Tapia experience i guess we'll see more of it but when he, yeah like when he hits the ball in the air it's quite impressive for uh, I, I, I need more convincing, although hitting it into the goddamn fountains in Kansas City is going to go a long way to convincing it me. It was like the second deck of the fountain. Because yeah. <laughs> they were like, there's been so much talk. You know, the Blue Jays are working with him, trying to get him to hit it in the air. And his numbers are worse than usual. I'm like, why don't they just let him slap it around like he did? But now I see. That's why they're there <laughs> and I'm here with unwashed hair in my basement talking about the Blue Jays. So Keegan, before we let you go, I just wanted to get your sense of, you said the Blue Jays are an A-level team. Do you think that with a few additions, this is a team that is going to be there competing for the World Series come October? I'll put you on the spot. I do. Um, you know, for my own travel schedule and sanity, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, <laughs> I do. I really do. Um, you see how they have played against high-level teams. Um, 
it looks like they got out all of their shitty baseball early. We'll see if there's any left uh, later in the year. Um, because for a while, it just looked ugly. And it, it's, you know, recency bias is a funny thing. I, I was very certain that this looked like an underperforming team for a few weeks. And then uh, immediately when it turned around for a few days, you see how natural it all looks when they're hitting uh, like they should be. So you need to fix some things. You need to patch the bullpen. I agree with Caitlin that that needs to be like a real priority at, at this point. Probably a middle guy like a simper and – Frankly, if you're going to make a real World Series run, you might want another closer. You know, most World Series teams or real competitors have a couple of closers, two, three closers. But when you're looking ahead, their lineup stacks up against everybody. Um, Jose Barrios will figure it out. He always has. Kevin Gossman has been one of the best pitchers on the planet. Uh, Alec Manoa is just the man at this point. I, I might want him to start game one if I'm the Blue Jays. But you have those three starters, which is so much different than back in 2020 when it was, I mean, Hunjin Ryu handing off to Ross Stripling in game two of a wild card series. Like, that's not happening again. So I really do believe it's a team that can compete. You know, I, I stay away from World Series predictions and all of that mm, stuff. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every year, four or five or six teams that legitimately can win, you know, that, that you're not hoping and pipe dreaming on. And the Blue Jays are one of those. Absolutely, I think. Yeah, I think the Jays like need another guy that can just do what maybe Jordan Romano does, but in the eighth inning. And like Adam Simber is like been everything you want him to be and more. But I guess the one downside of him is if he's your eighth inning guy, uh, he does kind of succeed by allowing contact. And like often it's not hard contact, but sometimes when those um, you know, CNI singles get through and often I'm not often, but we've seen the Blue Jays, you know, shift sometimes and get beat by the shift. And so I think you need another guy, at least one other guy, and maybe two, depending on if Trevor Richards can sort of figure out what's not been working for him lately. Um, I think you need another guy that just throws gas out of um the bullpen. Cause a lot of times Blue Jays play these like teams that are like so so, but like they've got like four different relievers that throw a hundred. And it's like the Blue Jays don't even have well, I mean Jordan. I think can touch a hundred, but like the Jays need another guy that just like throws really hard and just can like blow past some guys and like get through an inning with like 12 pitches and three strikeouts. Like maybe not every time, but you need a guy that's like, he's going to be able to do that. Um, and that's a pretty big ask at the deadline, but if it's kind of their only priority, um, and there is usually a lot of relievers available and, like we said before, the Jays maybe could get creative with that like sort of um, lower leverage arm that they might want. And then they can kind of go in on maybe some guy that can throw really hard and help them out. Uh, Keegan, you reminded me that not only Hyunjin Ryu handing off to Ross Stripling in 2020, it was Matt Shoemaker handing off to controversial revealer reliever Robbie Ray (laughs) out, out of nowhere. But I think that uh, I, I agree very much that the Blue Jays are are a good team, and and I think that the best thing you could say about them is is is, is in line with what Keegan said, which is they've got the shitty baseball out. They've had times where they've looked lost. They've got holes in the bullpen. They could use you know a prototypical high octane arm. I think that a like a big armed goon like that in the back of the bullpen, it's only going to make the other guys kind of even that much tougher, right? Just another look to throw out there instead of being like, here's a guy that throws an underhand and here's a guy that is throwing, you know, slow, but changeups. And here's the guy that's sort of left-handed. And (laughs) if you have the guy that's like, oh, and by the way, here's a guy that throws like a 90 mile an hour breaking ball, you know, you're just so far ahead of the game. But through all that, 
they've 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 weathered those storms, they've tread water, and they've put themselves in a, in a position to be still considered that with um, you know obviously not smooth and easy sailing coming in, but but you know the wind at their back. If I want to try to make a maritime reference here for uh, <laughs> for, for Keegan. We'll do our best. Uh, Keegan, for the folks who don't know, where can they find you, the things you write and the things you say on this fine, the internet? Well, if you so choose, you can find it on MLB.com and uh, I'm on Twitter at Keegan Matheson. That's, uh, can't recommend it, but if you're interested, that's where I am. I think that's, that's, the, that's the, the strongest and most like realistic sales pitch. Like I, 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 I don't know if you ever meet people in real life and they're like, Oh, you've got how many followers on Twitter? I'm like, do not don't. You're no, a normal person. Like you don't want anything to do with beer, Which is the only beer I still drink to this day. Those who <laughs> like it, like it a lot. <laughs> and Caitlin, what have you got for us? The people coming up in the next days and weeks. Are you headed to Detroit on the, on the, Oh, you're driving. I'm so excited. Carpooling. Carpooling. Less yep. excited. much less excited now sorry um but yeah i'll be in detroit for uh apparently an mlb debut which is new was news to me last night but uh that'll be exciting i i feel like i have like some luck with well i don't know if you call it luck but i seem to like plan my road trips ahead of time as you do in this job but then like they end up being sort of significant trips um, to be on in terms of seeing debuts. So uh, yeah, I'll be there um, and I'll be writing about it. I'm sure I'll probably write three stories about Gabriel right now because he'll be the only thing to talk about, but we'll see what else happens. Tarek Skubal's no hitter. You'll have to write about that too. Oh God. No. I want to say thank you, Keegan, for taking the time to join us. And thank you, of course, Caitlin, for joining us here in the middle of the week. I hope that everyone listening has a great weekend, enjoys the Blue Jays playing in beautiful Detroit, uh, where they should play more often than once a year. And I look forward to the day when they're able to do that more than once. I hope uh, that the Blue Jays do succeed. And I I don't know. Why do I hope the Blue Jays do succeed? I don't know. Because that makes people excited and they listen to the podcast. There you go. All cards on the table. There's a dog barking in my house now. Her name is Caitlin. His name is Keegan. My name is Drew. We'll be back next week to learn more about (laughs) Caitlin's adventures in Detroit. And we'll be back with more Ricky Romero next week, too, on Spinner.